LeBron James reportedly is set on assembling the Avengers to come and redeem Team USA once again for the 2024 uh, Olympics. We're going to talk about that and who could be on that team when it's all said and done. And will it be enough for Team USA to find gold once again? We're also going to talk about Bleacher Report's list of most improved players are predicting the most improved players coming into next season. All that plus more right after this. Welcome to the number one place for your daily basketball news and analysis, NBA Central. What's going on, basketball fans? Welcome to another episode of NBA Central. I'm one of the hosts here, Hayes, holding down for the squad. You guys can follow the channel at NBA Central Pod on every social media platform we happen to be on. With all that being said, let's go ahead and get into the content for today. And uh, I'm sure everyone has seen it, talked about it, broken it down, had a chance to really understand why Team USA uh, it failed to medal at all in this past FIBA tournament, right? Losing the bronze medal game to Team Canada, a game in which saw Dylan Brooks go completely off for 39 points, um, sending the Team USA home without a gold medal. Now, with that being said, uh, and after this, at the, their trip to Manila stopped, uh, it came out yesterday and we started hearing rumblings that LeBron James is planning on committing to Team USA, and he's bringing Kevin Durant, Steph Curry with him, amongst other players on top of that. So heading into the 2024 Paris Olympics, this, hey, it's it's bringing out about who are, who's going to be on this team uh, for Team USA, and are, is it going to be enough for the Team USA to really redeem themselves yet again, unfortunately, when it comes to international basketball? And so while, you know, this FIBA tournament, and, you know, I was over on Locked On NBA as well, which I do uh, periodically, uh, talking right before this tournament about how it was kind of the next generation taking over and kind of setting the stage. Well, now, with how things have gone, uh, it, it seems like we're going to need the, the the older generation to come back. LeBron, who's going to be 39 at the time of the Paris Olympics, uh, you know, partnering with Steph Curry, Kevin Durant to come in and see what what what's going to happen in regards to that. Like, overall, it was an embarrassing loss. And I think that Team USA suffering three losses over in FIBA play just points towards how the international game has changed. And as far as, like, Noah Lyle's comments and things like that, uh, he he was redeemed and and vindicated, I guess should should, should I say, um, in his comments about calling the NBA title the World Champions, right? Because it is what it is. The Team USA they they failed. They 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 got embarrassed. Shout out to Denny Schroeder as well, who you know was able to to just win the most outstanding player over in that tournament 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 as as uh, Germany wins the gold medal. But overall, it's this Team USA got exposed. It is what it is. Team USA absolutely got exposed for a couple of different reasons. While I know a lot of people are going to point to the size and things like that, um, but and even, you know, you send a player like Bobby Porter's over who's a damn good player, do not get me wrong, right? But I don't think anybody would look at Bobby Porter's and say he's one of the best in the world for for uh, for United States-born players. So, you know, yeah, we need a little bit more competition over there, but to me, point-of-attack defense was lacking. Some of the fundamentals that we see in basketball was lacking, right? And, you know, the rest of the world is catching up with, with the U.S. is in regards to basketball because they don't look at, at it the same way we do. Even now, right, in the comment section of this channel, if you're on the YouTube side, you'll see things and people say like, oh, well, you know, he's 6'1". He can only be a point. Like, and things like that, right, where as over in Europe, they don't look at it that way. They teach skill, right, and maximize skill. And we want every all five players to be skilled and being able to pass, shoot, play some defense, right? And so the fundamentals as well, following up your shots, fighting for rebounds, boxing out. Things like that, the fundamentals that we've kind of gotten away from as a country when you look at how basketball is taught nowadays, 
Other countries are not only still teaching that, but they're excelling at it. And that is one of the reasons, not the full reason, but it is one of the reasons why U.S. Team USA just struggled in, in this tournament. And so, you know, I'm glad to see that, you know, the stars are stepping up. I'm glad to see hopefully more of that 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 country pride to come out in that uh, national pride, I guess, just to say, to come out in that and just. Hopefully we have a much better showing over in, in 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 Paris when it's all said and done because I tell you what it's ah it, it, it's it's it it sucks man it sucks and as somebody who like I grew up a large part in Germany and Italy as well so like I, I grew up internationally but still when the U S just isn't like that it, it's it's a bit tough so we'll see uh, LeBron James like I said hasn't really said anything for sure yet it was really kind of emoji that he responded to that kind of set all this off but at the end of the day. Like we need, we'll, we'll, I'm sure that we will see a better showing. We'll see better players, and hopefully, the 2024 Olympics uh, goes a lot better in the favor of the United States. But with that said, let's go ahead and get off international play, and let's talk back about the NBA. So, Bleach Report had a list of predicting next season's most improved players in the NBA, and this was a list that. For the most part, you know, Bleacher Report list can be hit or miss, right? I know I do some work over at Bleacher Report for the Bears and the Bulls, but the video side, written article side is very different, right? But I think we have to talk about, you know, this list in a sense because I, I think it was a pretty reasonable list. I think they all they also pick players that are either going to see an increase in their role or that showed a little bit last season as well. And so one of the, one of the people that was on this list is Derek Wright. Uh, he was listed as you know, the last person on this list. Um, and, you know, it, it said that, he, you know, he seems too old. He's turning 29 this season. But when you look at the fact of the matter is this, 70 starts last season. He averaged 13 points per game, 3.8 rebounds, 4.1 assists, and shot almost 40% from three-point range. Coming into this season, now with them sending Marcus Smart out, Derek Wright maybe may, is probably going to step into that and be that starting point guard day one, right? Get most of those starts, not being a part-time starter at all, be a full-time starter now for the Boston Celtics. and so. You know, we'll see, man. Um, it, you know, Ma- Malcolm Brogdon has been very good. Um, you know, playing six man, uh, of course, winning six man of the year. We see, we know what Malcolm Brogdon can be and has been. But Derek Wright stepping into that starting role, and I do think that he is for a team that needs. They need point guard play, and they ha- lost a lot of their identity last year um, with uh, Marcus Smart leaving. Right, him leaving sent out a lot of their identity so the players that they that they lost in general so Derek White I agree with being on this list as well Jabari Smith next up with Houston now you know players that are coming into their second year I'm being one of one of the younger players on a team that expectations may go up right they brought in Dylan Brooks they brought in a point guard they they really you know brought in a lot to that team when you when he comes in and last year in his rookie season averaging 16.4 points per game, 8.2 rebounds, one block per game, shooting 36 35% from 3 um over the final 17 games of the season, there is enough to show there that Jabari Smith could be ready to come in and really excel in that role. They're going to have a point guard down there now that I think is going to help distribute that ball, help the younger players understand where they need to be, how they need to play. Even though, you know, Fred VanVleet isn't the necessarily the best, right, as far as facilitating at all. But at the end of the day, I do think that um, that it's it's reasonable to expect the Houston Rockets to take a, maybe a step up and Jabari Smith to be one of those players that definitely benefit from that a lot. Like I said, reasonable pick here. I, I, I like this pick a lot. Not necessarily saying that he will, but I do think he he can as well. Next up is, though, it's Josh Giddy from the OKC Thunder on this list. Um, you know, they pointed to his three-point shooting percentage uh, last year being one of his, his major uh, deficiencies as a rookie, and that jumping from 26 to 32% in year two, uh, as well as with Shea Gilgic Alexander winning the most improved player last year, 
I think he if the, the Thunder would have won more, Shea would have been a MVP candidate last year. Over the last 20 games of last season, Josh Giddy put up 8.4 rebounds, 7.3 assists, 18.1 points per game, shooting from three at 36.1%. Josh Giddy and the OKC Thunder, again, another team that I think is going to take a step forward, so it makes sense being on this list. Now, they listed Austin Reeves on this list as well. Now, I know I may be in the minority when it comes down to this. I like Austin Reeves. I understand that what he can be, right? I understand that how he played uh, being 25 years old in the Lakers starting lineup, but I think Austin Reeves, and maybe this is just my limitation, what the Lakers have done this offseason, I think is going to take some opportunities away from Austin Reeves. I think he can be a better overall and refined player, but I don't know if he's going to get necessarily the statistics to be in the most improved player of the year candidate, but I do think that he is definitely going to improve uh, just by the nature of taking that step up, understanding his role a little bit better, better, maybe even being asked to do a little bit less as well, not down on Austin Reeves as a player. I just don't know if he's going to have those stats and statistics to maybe get into the most improved player of the year conversation. This next player, though, I think is absolutely going to take advantage of being on a team with not a huge, uh, a, a huge amount of expectations and where he's going to get most of his shots. And that is Jordan Poole with the Washington Wizards they have listed on this list and we already know what Poole has been at times, right? Uh, you know, he finished fourth in most improved player of the, of the year voting two years ago um, when he when he stepped in and started. And this year, he's going to step in and just be able to have almost whatever he wants to do at his disposal, right, as far as offensively. Um, he could very well end up as one of the top 10 to 15 scorers in the NBA next season. And I do think that those enough, those type of numbers, we'll see what the, what the Wizards do as far as wins. But I do think Jordan Poole, is going to have the statistics absolutely to be involved in that conversation. So we're going to see that as well. Next up was Evan Mobley with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now we're halfway through this list now. Um, it, uh, here's the thing. To me, the Cavs have kind of limited Evan Mobley's chances of growth and opportunity. And, you know, some people are a little bit disappointed uh, in the season last year. I don't see how you can be. 22 years old, has the potential to be one of the best two-way bigs in the game of basketball as well. You look at the last 25 games of the season, 18.6 points per game, 9.2 rebounds per game, 3.2 assists, 1.8 block on 56% shooting from the field. Evan Mobley has all the raw potential and talent that you can ask for from a young big in the modern-day NBA. The biggest question that I have for him is, like, what are the Cleveland Cavaliers going to, at some point, take the training wheels off him, which they mentioned in this article, and really allow him to flourish as being one of those main weapons on the offenses. We know what he can be defensively, but specifically on the offensive side of the ball and be a little bit more featured in that offense. Let me know what you guys think on that one down below. Next up, Tyrese Maxey. Now, considering what happens with James Harden, it can completely torpedo or increase the chances here, but I do think that Maxi, we've seen what Maxi can be, right? We've seen what he can average coming off the bench, coming uh, starting, whatever it is. As a starter last season, 22.3 points per game, 3.2 rebounds, 4 assists per game, 45% shooting from 3-point range, and 41 games as a starter last year. 22 years old on top of that. Listen, Tyrese Maxi is definitely going to be an all-star this year. I think that whatever happens with the Philadelphia 76ers, I think it could be a tough season for them overall just with all the turmoil and things going on with that franchise. But I definitely agree with him being on this list also. And then Walker Kessler being on this list. Now, this is a different one, different one, difficult one to gauge. While Walker Kessler, you know, showed up big time for the Utah Jazz, um, you know, it, as a starter, uh, 11, 12 points per game, basically 10.5 rebounds, almost three blocks per game, and shooting 71% overall in the final 34 games 
for them last season. Um, that's almost half a season. Walker Kessler is legit. Now, big men winning most improved player of the year, you kind of have to have a bigger scoring output or be just locked down defensively. I definitely think he's going to grow, but I don't think Walker Kessler is going to have the type of game. I don't think he's going to be kind of prioritizing that offense either to be in that conversation. But I do think that, you know, he has the skill set to be. And I like Walker Kessler a lot. My Bulls passed up on him. I would have much rather them drafted him instead of Dalen Terry. But that's a woulda, coulda, shoulda uh, at this point. Next up, though, Cade Cunningham on this list. And this is a guy who um, it feels like Pistons fans and then kind of the national media view him very differently. I think that a lot of people understand and look at Cade being a 6'6 guard and somebody who has talent to be efficient on both sides of the ball. But for some reason, I feel like a lot of Detroit Pistons fans are kind of doubt on, down on Cade Cunningham, uh, whether it be you know injuries or whatever else is like this. But I think that Cade Cunningham, as long as he can stay injury-free, is going to shine and wow a lot of people next year. Now, I don't know if the Pistons get enough wins in a case like that to really win the most improved player of the year, but Cade Cunningham absolutely deserves on this list. And then next up, probably the favorite, and a guy that I think, and if I had to pick a favorite, it would definitely be Mikael Bridges. Um, number one on this list from Bleacher Report with the Brooklyn Nets, uh, stepped into that role hugely after all those, those trades last year. Um, you know, just, just, he has so much potential. He's 27 years old though. So there's, you know, maybe some of that age biasness gets, gets in the way of him potentially being, um, you know, that, that, uh, the, getting those votes, right. Cause you know, they may go more younger in that more high upside on that. But listen, I think that this is a guy that, absolutely is going to ball out next year. He's going to take the benefit, him and Cam Johnson for that matter. They're going to benefit from really coming into a team that has the most, right? Like the most like young talent, like not when I say most young talent, but like they don't have a lot of expectations. He's going to come in. He's going to be able to do what he wants to do. His skill set is going to be maximized. They're going to need a lot of his two-way ability. I do think Mikael Bridges, especially if the Brooklyn Nets end up making the playoffs outright, avoiding the play-in tournament, he absolutely has to at that point be on that list to be one of the favorites to win most improved player of the year, in my opinion, and many other people's opinion. But let me know what you guys think on that list down below. Now, before we go, I do want to talk about this recent rumor that came up as well. This one comes from Mark Spears, and he says this. Uh, in regards to Chris Paul starting for the Golden State Warriors, he says this, I do expect him to start. I think it's a uh, like five-minute spurts. I don't know that they really want his minutes to be high, but I think they're going to try it. I could be wrong. But that's the gist of, of I'm getting. This isn't an opinion that he's expected to start. It's what I'm hearing. He's never not started in his career. Now, Chris Paul being a starter in his 19th season for a, a team in the Golden State Warriors that, you know, uh, man, they went older just by the, uh, the by trying to get Jordan Poole up out of there. But, like, you're, are you going to really start a lineup where you have Steph uh, Clay Thompson and and Chris Paul in your side, even if it is only for five minute spurts, right? You're gonna start Chris Paul in a case like that. Like that's a that's that's an interesting lineup. And you know we'll see where the Golden State Warriors end up going. But like if that's it, then are you moving Wiggins to be your starting four with Draymond Green as your five? That's an extremely small lineup. Now we know the Golden State Warriors and and Steve Kerr know slouches are afraid to go small. But the, the prospect of starting Chris Paul as your starter, right? Uh, starting Chris Paul as your starter, but starting Chris Paul with that group, like I said, even if it is five minute spurts, like is it are you are you getting the best potentially then out of what Chris Paul can bring you? Like they still got Mo Moses Moody down there, Gary Payton the third, a second is still expected to be part of that that rotation. 
Jonathan Kamiga, Kevon Looney, Dario Sark, if he can stay healthy, things like that. Like, are you really at this point expecting Chris Paul to still be a starter? That experiment is going to be one that is extremely interesting to watch. I think that it can go horribly wrong, whether it's five minute spurts or not. I think starting Chris Paul at this point in his NBA career with what his health has been. And don't get me wrong. He still always had flashes and he always will have flashes of being a productive player. But you're starting him. And maybe the Golden State Warriors are kind of just taking the mindset of we're going to let it be what it's going to be. Um, if we do end up having a high draft pick, we're going to have a high draft pick. We're not going to blow it all up, right? We want to be respectful to to Steph and and Clay and let them retire and ride off to the sunset when they're ready. They just gave Draymond a bunch of money, so man, I don't I I read that and I literally kind of my eyes kind of squinted at it like, is this for real? And for him to say that it's not just what he's expecting, this is what he's hearing. And Spears has been locked in with the Golden State Warriors. Nobody bats a, a hundred, but like. Man, I mean, let me know what you guys think on that, man. I I think starting Chris Paul could really, really hurt that team a lot. But, hey, I've been wrong before. But let me know what you guys think on everything down below. That's my time for today. Make sure you guys are following the show at NBA Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, NBA Central Show at gmail.com. And then lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail for the mailbag, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. Uh, that's my time, and I'll see you guys. The next time I feel like making a video, probably tomorrow. Peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media.